Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. But this sounds like direct involvement in them. Yeah, that's a blatant lie. When he states that, that is a blatant lie. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he... Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Live from Studio C. Oh, see, there you are. You know what it is? Oh, I stood up too fast. Hold on. I had to tie my shoe. Take it easy, old man. Stood up too fast. Dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today, midweek, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Co-general managers today, Jack. First of all, the stock market. The what? The stock market. The st- are, you, are you saying stock market? Don't look. Don't is look it, now. Is Just our general don't manager? Even, don't look. Okay. It hasn't been this low in a month. <laughs> And secondly, of course, your Los Angeles Dodgers, the world champions of this country only. Oh, and a little bit of Canada. Congratulations to Dodgers and Dodgers fans. I know many long-suffering Dodgers fans. Just proves it with grit and determination and $100 million, you too can have the best team in baseball. Yes. <laughs> Well, the gay, uh, the, uh, the celebration, of course, ended in scandal, Jack, as you may have heard. Mm-hmm. As one of the doges was uh, diagnosed or tested positive for the vid, but uh, came back onto the field to celebrate nonetheless. Got the result in the midst of the game. And they had to yank him. Wow. Justin Turner, they're fabulous. Blazing, red-haired third baseman. How do you have your result? Beard like a Viking. I would think you'd go out of your way to... Make sure you don't time the results so that they would come back during a game. Uh, yeah, a World Series game, uh, no less. His previous day's test came back inconclusive, which right. made them retest him that okay. morning, and then the the results came back in. Then gotcha. Yeah, and they yanked him during the game, but he got back involved with everybody for the post game celebration. And you know, I meant to grab the USA Today headline on on him reappearing. Super uh, spreader events, what I predict. Series ends in disgusting display of COVID something or other. I'm thinking a young man, he's in his 30s, but a young man who feels fine and his team just won the World Series is not going to sit there alone in a little room clapping at the TV. He's going to run out and hug his boys. That's the way humans behave. Looks exactly like Tormund Giants Bane from uh, Game of Thrones. That's another good point, Sean. (laughs) Would Tormund, what you said? Giants Bane. Sit there. (laughs) Sit there in his cave. Without the fellas there, no, we'd rush out and say we've conquered or whatever they said on the Game of Thrones. Not to get too baseball-y, but later the Wall Street Journal did a piece with four Hall of Famers on what they could do to improve the game to get more people to watch. Ah. And some of their suggestions are pretty interesting. I would love to hear that. And uh, I like them because I agree with them. So excellent things I've been saying for years. Well, I'm a baseball purist. Including number one. Yeah, purists need to suck it. Oh, hey, now. 
This is this is the partisanship that uh, is tearing this country apart. You can be a purist and just watch the game go away if you want. I was, I was just going to say, I'm a purist, so perhaps I will tap the brake pedal of these changes, but perhaps not. I haven't heard them yet. And you exploding with your anger and bitterness. Why? Why? I don't know. Hey, put up with this. You can keep it pure and just end up to where you're, nobody even televises the things right. because nobody's watching. Right. Part of it is the length, though. That is that's one of the main oh, things. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just, Absolutely. Are you kidding? It's like 20 minutes longer than it was in 2005. I mean, it's expanded that much, and a lot of that is another thing that I want to do away with in all of sports, and as that is the instant replay, taking a look at the call for 10 minutes. Mm. I hate that. That's what finally drove me away from football, baseball, everything. Just I have no interest in that. Drives me crazy. I watch sports my whole life, like religiously, the amount of sports I watch, and I can count on like three fingers. The, the the major calls I remember that were earth shattering, and I was okay anyway yeah. that they got them wrong. Yeah, and so big deal. Yeah, I hear and, you. and slowing down the game by a half an hour for all these sports for that, I think is ridiculous. Mm. The other side of that, though, is as you've pointed out, and uh, some of the Hall of Famers pointed out, the problem now is you got all these camera angles, so then everybody dwells on it for the rest of the game, right? Because you didn't used to be able to 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 you know get a good granular look at and freeze the frame right there. Yeah. You see, you see that you couldn't do that in the seventies or the eighties. We and- blow this up big enough, you can see his hand came off the bag a micron. While the glove was right. still on him. So no human being could have possibly <clears throat> done that. No. But uh, we're declaring him wrong. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we have the technology, Jack. It'd be a shame not to use it. Is he wrong or is he on the take? I think he's on the take. Because <laughs> <clears throat> that happens all the time. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Owen oh, 2. There you go, Vin Scully. Anyway, Owen oh, 2. We should do a lot of that today. In honor of Vin Scully, who would like to have seen that. He called the last win in 88. Oral Hershiser and whatnot. Wow. Listen to you. Um, so, Tucker Carlson last night had the big get. Well, it wasn't hard to get. No other media outlet wants Tony Bobulinski except for Fox. Yeah. He, he, he nailed it. He absolutely crushed it. We have clips for you. 100% credible. Joe Biden is a liar and, uh, and profited from close associations with the communist Chinese. Did that happen? I'm not sure. Yes. Am I positive that it's worth looking into ah, I see by point. the big media without a freaking doubt? Yeah. I mean, it's not even a close call. Yeah, well, they have their priorities. Well, we live in a different world now. Yes, we do. Um, which there's a lot of interesting stuff on that, too. Anyway, let's introduce our main squad to kick off the show. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi this morning, Michael. Doing great. Getting ready for the election. I'm blowing up my inflatable donkey and my inflatable elephant. I stick mm-hmm. them out on my lawn. There you I go. I grab my polling place sign. I stick it in my unsuspecting neighbor's yard. <laughs> aim it at his garage. Do it every year. Yes. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, Love always it. fun. That's festive. <laughs> There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Went to uh, Did one of my favorite things, and that's uh, go to one of the, the warehouse clubs. I don't do it that often because, oh, man, it's hard to get out of there without spending a lot. But, oh, do you get value per dollar spent at those things? Hmm. I've got so much beef jerky at Chateau Relaxo. <laughs> if I were to uh, find a, a time travel device and go back in time bringing nothing but my current supply of beef jerky, I would be the king of whatever land I I arrived in, simply because they thought I had a horn of plenty of this magical meat. Wow. He has a horn of plenty. 
<laughs> or you could have like saved the Donner Party or the, all sorts of uh, you know ideas spring to mind. butterfly effects of our modern day existence. If I go back in time with the mm. amount of beef jerky I currently, we may not have even gone to the mountains. There was no need because wow. why 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 move? There's plenty of food to eat here from our King Positive Sean <laughs> with his horn of plenty of beef jerky. Yum. Um, and I have I was doing some math last night. Because this popped into my head. I haven't heard anybody else do this. I think this is an exclusive that I've come up with. Mm. I was doing some math last night. If we stay on the projection some people think we're going to have, and I'll uh, explain the numbers later for the number of votes, even if Trump loses by what the polls say he's going to lose by, he will be the biggest vote getter in American presidential history. And I think he'll have that feather to put in his cap and he'll brag about that for quite some time. Except for Biden. No, because he will have run twice. He will have received oh, more votes I for see. president oh, okay, than total. any human in American history. Huh, okay. Because he will surpass Barack Obama. Ah. With the turnout being what it looks like it's going to be. And that'd be something for him to say. I got more votes for president than anybody in this nation's history. Yeah, and that's how he's going to justify not leaving the White House. Oh, no. Which they're still talking about seriously on MSNBC this and This is a president NPR. who has telegraphed his desire to try to steal this election for the last six months. <laughs> Stay in the White House. Really? Seriously? People, I've said, who believe that Claptrap shouldn't be allowed to vote, they shouldn't be allowed to drive. What if he just doesn't answer oh. the door? They and should probably have their pets taken away. He doesn't answer the door at the White House. Nobody and when, home. And when you knock on it, you see him peer out the curtain. And bang, he puts it back really fast. Or have Melania answer it. Leave the lights I don't off. know where he is, <laughs> darling. <laughs> How's mailbag look? Oh, it's all right. It's good. It's good, actually. Cool. It's a little of this, a little of that. We got lots of stuff to get. I could build a house out of the amount of Hot Pockets I have in my freezer <laughs> all right. right now. You're, you're prepared. You're like a prepper. Uh, all that stuff on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. election laws still being changed and challenged and going to higher courts even with within a week of the presidential election nobody saw this coming though no, this election so you, you can understand right we waited Snuck the right last minute us. mailbag it's like me discovering there's no uh you know typing paper when i've got a major paper due the next day. Oh, boy. You saw this coming for a long time, you know? Might want to have looked in before the last night. Why do you bring back unpleasant memories like that? <laughs> I can still feel the feeling oh, in my oh, stomach. Oh, geez. Hey. Uh, here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from George Orwell, Down and Out in Paris and London. Was, That's a great uh, book. The piece. I've never read it. Read oh, it. It's really, really interesting. I should uh, quit this dead-end gig and dedicate myself to just reading Orwell, but... If you set yourself to it, you can live the same life, rich or poor. You can keep on with your books and your ideas. You've just got to say to yourself, I'm a free man in here. He tapped his forehead, and you're all right. Eh, I'd rather have a nice place. (laughs) Thank you, George. Appreciate it. I don't know the context of that, though. Was that a character in the book? No, 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 no. He went and worked in, uh, like, really uh, low-level, groveling, dirty jobs. 
like seriously, mm. and lived uh, a very poor lifestyle, even though it was kind of a like St. Francis so of Assisi sort of thing. He threw off his uh, bourgeois ways, didn't get rid of all his money, but he went and lived and worked with the poor and lived the poor lifestyle for a while to get an idea what it was really so this like. this isn't a fiction, this is just kind of, it's almost oh, it's like com- Hunter S. Thompson-esque, where he's just kind of making himself the story. And Yeah, no, it's nonfiction. Interesting. How? Yeah, well, that explains uh, his journey from avowed, yeah. young, affluent socialist spouting uh, off like college students tend to be to a guy who tried to warn the world about did, did, the evils of social, you know, socialism. That overarching thing is probably the important thing, but learning what kitchens were like in fancy restaurants in Paris in the early 1900s is what stuck out in my mind. Oh, my God. Gleaming <laughs> clean, I way, way dirtier than you would have guessed. Oh, golly. Oh, boy. Uh, the topic of this email is uh, World Champion Dodgers from Dan B. He writes, in all caps, a huge font, suck it, Frisco. Well, that is a dark and divisive no, inaugural yeah, address, that's, Dan B. That's not reaching out an olive branch or a, the hand of friendship. No, number one. I don't expect uh, that between Giants and Dodgers or Yankees and Red Sox. The, the Giants of San Francisco are but one of the teams vanquished by the, the mighty uh, Dodgers. Uh, it's not a good look. Act like you've been there before, Dan B. Anytime you want to compare trophy cases, let me know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have been guy. there before when Reagan was still president. Ha! Well, thanks to the... <laughs> The Astros in their magical trash can. Yeah. <laughs> the magical trash can. Here's a nice note from Brent. Uh, and it's an assignment for Positive Sean. When oh, I heard... My favorite. <laughs> when I heard the clip of Chuck Schumer spouting his hyperbole about how this is the darkest day ever in the Senate, which is monumentally idiotic. It is idiotic in the way that Everest is a mountain. Anyway, I couldn't help but think, I've heard this before, any chance you guys can check his clips from the impeachment trial or the Kavanaugh confirmation? It'd be interesting to hear all the doom and gloom. Uh, Also, I haven't heard Nancy or Schumer drop any C-bombs, constitutional crisis lately. I figured we'd have heard them nonstop with the ACB confirmation. Thanks. Uh, Maybe that that, that phrase didn't poll anymore. I don't know, Brent, but thanks for the thoughts. Now, they pivoted to illegitimate. This is an illegitimate process. Right. They're packing the court. Uh, How about uh, John here? Uh, I was compiling a list of scenarios in which Trump refuses to leave in January, as you guys challenged, and realized that they were compelling reasons why, but not how. And I'm sure you've heard pretty much all of those. So instead, I simply say thank you. You have a great show and a great team. You present topics, uh, serious topics fairly, and aren't averse to criticizing either side when they're wrong. Uh, th- th- thank you for that. Uh, I hope Positive Sean is correct about this week being the least humorous of all time, because I think it could definitely get a lot worse. Mm. Oh, boy. And then he has a request. P.S. Can you explain what would happen if Biden wins but then dies from COVID? Uh, Kamala Harris would yeah. become the president. She would appoint a vice president uh, approved by the Senate. Is that uh, how that would go? The Senate needs to give the okay? Uh, sure. Sure they do. <laughs> Is it the Senate or the House that approves it? Both of them. Somebody approves it. Yeah, they, they flip a coin. Whichever <laughs> House wins, they're in charge. Uh, and also, what steps would be taken if states' election results simply cannot be reliably certified, whether from uh, provable widespread fraud, interference, or unknown? Uh, if if that's going to happen, it's going to happen this year. John, actually, that gets dicey. In in the event of that, Trump becomes president for life. <laughs> that would get interesting if that happened. <clears throat> if you got a state that you know makes the difference of who gets two seventy, that says we can't figure it out, and there's just been too many hijinks. Yeah, that would get crazy interesting. Yes, that's then when it would you go to the house. That's when you could end up in the scenario where Nancy Pelosi's president until they figure it out. 
Right. An interim president um, and or they would they would go to the House as if it were tied. Um, and each state uh, delegation gets one vote. Right. So God, I, don't, I think they would really uh, fight that. I think they would try to figure out what happened in the state, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah. They'd work really, really hard mm-hmm. at it. And, and the soups would be uh, intimate. The Supreme Court would be intimately involved with Amy Coney Barrett on there. That's Trump's right. lapdog. That's right. The fix is in. It's a constitutional crisis. Saddest day ever, et cetera. Wendell, you don't run into that many people named Wendell. I knew a couple of kids named Wendell back in the day. Cool name. Yeah. You find gentlemen have been saying the Secret Service will remove Trump if he loses, but the White House is also <laughs> no, a tourist No, they won't, because he's going to walk out the door. Yeah, Because he, he's actually, not insane. At a rally the other day, he said, man, I wish I could get in one of these trucks and drive away. I used to have a great <laughs> life. Trust me, he's not kidding when he says that. This is a president who has telegraphed his desire to try to steal this election for the last six months. You know, scaring people for a living must be fairly profitable. Uh, But I don't know how you sleep at night. Uh, Oh, but he says, uh, Wendell goes on to say, but remember, it's also a tourist destination. uh, So the Department of Parks and Rec can remove him. He can be tossed out by a ranger. (laughs) Odd that NPR does not know that. Keep quoting 1984, Wendell. Yeah, that's right. Park ranger. Yeah. Go in there with his hat and everything. Get in my green truck. White House is closed. Moose out front should have told you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Katie's iPhone says, Katie, you know, you can remove that uh, that sign off <laughs> if you want. I've got mine on mine. Oh, except I spell boy. phone I-F-O with a line through it, any. It's, that's brilliant. People yeah, always, people, smart guy. People always think I'm from Sweden or something. <laughs> uh, Katie writes, I used to be a huge Chelsea Handler fan until I found her on Twitter. She is so far left, she's in the middle of the ocean. And she never shuts up. Mm. Went from being a fan to thinking she's 100% insufferable. And uh, later she says, not that I need to use gendered language, but I will. I'm a 36-year-old white woman. Chelsea Handler is a crazy moron. <laughs> so Tucker CM. Tucker interviewed Bobolinsky. We should play some of that for you. It's interesting. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We just got this text. I've been up since one rolling around in agony. Thanks, COVID-19. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nasty. It's on the move. Sorry to hear that, my friend. Um, Get well soon. That's in order. uh, We'll talk about this later more, I guess. So you had 30-some cops get injured in Philadelphia. Rioting again last night. Smashing out windows, stealing stuff, just wiping out stores all across Philadelphia. 100 arrests, not on the news. No. Unless Inconvenient you read, to the narrative. Unless you watch Fox or read the New York Post. I went through MSNBC this morning. I thought maybe it'll be third, second, third. No, all kinds of, you know, Trump did this, Trump did that. Here's another stupid thing Trump did stories. But don't even mention rioting in one of the biggest cities in America and maybe those most important swing state. Yeah. Yep. Don't even mention it. 30 it officers come hurt. up. I forgot. 30 officers hurt, 100 arrested. Doesn't make the news. We live in the strangest media time ever, which fits into what we're about to talk about, the Tony Bobolinsky story. He's the guy that got the emails and Hunter Biden and all that sort of stuff. I assume you're up on that. You'll understand it more when we play the clips. But Tucker Carlson interviewed him last night. I was just reading a, a, a thing, I think, in the Wall Street Journal this morning. And they were making the point that for people who've been making the argument that 
you know, old school mainstream media doesn't have the power it used to have. It has more power than it's ever had before in that only people who already were into Trump know about the Tony Bobulinski story. Mm-hmm. If the Washington Post, New York Times, CBS, NBC, ABC all decide not to cover something, that whole other chunk of America doesn't know it exists. They've got more power than they've ever had, and that they're the ones that decide, does anybody outside of this little group hear this story? Right. And they've decided on this particular story, no, you don't. They have discovered the power of willful ignorance of stories, yeah, yeah. And, and are exercising it in a way that the newsrooms of 10 years ago, would, there would have been violence and looting in newsrooms. If somebody had proposed, we need to ignore this story, the reporters would have risen up as one and lynched them if an editor said that. But now, the woke divists say. So who's the guy? So who's this guy we're about to hear? Well, he's a uh, former uh, lieutenant in the Navy. He is a business guy. He was uh, being hired as the CEO of this joint uh, investment group between the Biden family and a Chinese energy giant. Uh, he met a number of times with Hunter and Jim Biden, uh, Joe Biden's brother, um, and he's uh, describing the various meetings and uh, the ultimate conclusion of which is that uh, not only did Joe Biden talk to his son about his business dealings, he was intimately involved. He was the key player in the business dealings, and we'll get to some of those details. Uh, if you did not hear it on Tucker Carlson last night or see it, I should say, I happened to listen to it as I was driving. Um, but uh, I found Bobulinski to be 100% credible. Business-like, buttoned up, never vague, never hyperbolic, never inconsistent. He, he's a little boring, frankly, but, man, he just laid it out. Sean, let's start with clip 43 and go from there. As you can imagine, I've been asked uh, by 100 people over the last month, you know, why would you be meeting with Joe Biden? And I sort of turned the question around to the people that asked me, why at 1038 on the night of May 2nd would Joe Biden take time out of his schedule to sit down with me in a dark bar at the Beverly Hilton, sort of positioned behind a column so people couldn't see us, to have a discussion about his family and my family and uh, business at a very high level uh, where Jim Biden sat and Hunter Biden participated in. Just go ahead with 44. I'm irrelevant in the story. Um, I, they weren't raising money from me. There was no other reason for me to be in that bar meeting Joe Biden than to discuss what I was doing with his family's name uh, in the Chinese CFC. And this is a company with direct connections to the communist government of China. So he- the former vice president has said he had no knowledge whatsoever of his son's business dealings and was not involved in them at all. But this sounds like direct involvement in them. Yeah, that's a blatant lie. When he states that, that is a blatant lie. So how does that not warrant looking into by other news media to either discredit this Bobulinski guy or nail down some of these times and dates and say, you know, Biden was actually not even in Los Angeles at that date or whatever. Right. But look into the story. What's interesting since since, uh, since Joe Biden has specifically said I don't know anything about my son's business dealings you know that's, that's I don't pay attention to that at all right right uh, this guy has all the names all the dates conversations with uh, Jim Biden I'm scanning the sheet um, 
His whole thing, why would he meet with me at a dark bar at 10.30? There's no such thing as a well-lit bar at 10.30 at night. That's a bad bar that's if about, it is. Yeah, that's an empty bar. I'm leaving. That's, that's closed down for cleaning is what so that get, is. What a terrible yeah. feeling that would be to be in a brightly lit bar at 10.30 at night. No, I'm leaving. Oh. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I cringe thinking about it. Find this. another place. I'm trying to decide which uh, of the clips from memory are the best to play, or I could just explain the scheme to you and what's wrong with it. Um. I mean, I'm trying to hide from my feelings, obviously. I can't hide from my feelings when it's brightly lit. Right. It reminds me of my problems. Yeah. Why do you think I'm here? Clip, <laughs> clip 47, Sean. Joe Biden has not denied meeting with you in Los Angeles, correct? Correct. Tell us about the conversation that you had with him. Um, so I initially was sitting, uh, because I got there a little earlier, was sitting with Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. And um, Joe came through the lobby with his security and Hunter um, basically said, hey, give me a second. I'll go over and give me 10 minutes to brief my dad uh, and read him in on things. And so then Hunter and his father and security came through the bar. And uh, obviously I stood up out of respect to shake his hand. And uh, Hunter introduced me as uh, this is Tony, dad, uh, the individual I told you about that's helping us with the business that we're working on and the Chinese. So it was clear to you that Joe Biden's son had told him about this business. Crystal clear. Yeah, and he goes on to say it's just it's beyond any question that Joe was fundamentally involved. So the outlines of this are as follows. And, you know, I, I don't know enough to say whether something might be illegal in terms of tax evasion or money laundering or, or something like that. I think it's likely something hinky happened because that explains Joe Biden lying about his association with Hunter's businesses. But uh, the Daily Caller has a piece today where they quote Bobolinsky in particular talking about how... Um, One of the pitches to the Chinese energy firms is that, for instance, Joe Biden has great relations with Colombia's president. He knows world leaders all over the the globe. He can get you meetings. He can get you energy sales to foreign markets. That's why Joe was involved. And that's why Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma, another energy company. Because he and his papa could get you meetings with heads of state or, or ministers of energy or, or business leaders all over the world. Get you in the door and sell your natural gas or sell your oil or, or your, your oil well digging services or what have you. That's the nature of the business. Now, these dates, almost all the dates I think that Bobolinsky gave were post-Biden being the Veep when this deal was forming. If I'm wrong on that, forgive me. I'll recheck it maybe during the commercial break. And so I find myself wondering, all right, so Joe Biden essentially became a lobbyist for a couple of companies. Why would he lie about that? Just because it's a bad look? I'm kind of asking you, Jack. What do you think? Why would he just deny, 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 saying, yeah, my son, uh, his company, I'm out of office. They asked me, uh, would I be willing to be kind of an ambassador of goodwill? I said, yeah, I'll do it. Well, there's one particular part of that interview where uh, Tucker Nail uh, points out that it was while Joe Biden was still in office. It started right before he left office. Okay, there you go. But, um, yeah, the most of it is after he's left office. But I think it's still really an ugly look. Well, especially because they're incredibly lucrative deal was with a communist Chinese government tied company. 
right. that was subsequently busted on an international level for laundering money. So Joe Biden was the goodwill ambassador for a crooked communist uh, company. So this story starting to catch a little bit of traction outside of Fox and the New York Post a little bit. Uh, the Dispatch mentioned it today for the first time, like in serious tones and not in dismissively. Um, uh, there's a YouGov poll out today. 45% of respondents now believe Hunter Biden has engaged in business corruption. Nothing on Joe yet, but Hunter. Yeah. And then in the New York Times, Ross Dufat uh, wrote an op-ed about his own newspaper. And I'll read more of that later and on how they should have covered this. And it, it's, oh, it's wrong that it's not being covered. But gimme. he does mention at one point... Um, uh, toward the end of this long piece. On one hand, the new information is not the Biden-slaying blockbuster suggested by the New York Post headlines and some Trump supporters, but neither does it fit the description offered by NPR's managing editor for news last week, explaining why they are only covering it as a media story. We don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories, and we don't want to waste the listeners' and readers' time on stories that are just pure distractions. That's the official statement from NPR. I want to play you one more clip. It is not, Ross Duthat says, in the New York Times, it it is, in fact, not a distraction to have new insight into a potential first son's business dealings, especially given that his father may have been involved. Uh, I'd say so. So, play me just the first couple of seconds of 54, Sean. He said that out loud? Oh, yes, he said it. here it is. Um, Mr. Bobolinsky is talking about the fact that as a naval officer, uh, he had to uh, pass security clearances um, constantly. He had to report any gift above $25 because he had top secret level security clearance. And that Joe Biden uh, in high office would have to do the same. And if he were going to run for president, um, he would have to report all of this money. And Bobolinsky was confused and concerned. He just he wondered how are you do getting all of this done? I mean, what? How does this work? Because you have to pass security clearances. And Jim Biden said two words, man: plausible deniability. And then pick up with fifty-four, Sean. He said that out loud. Ah, uh, yes, he said it directly to me, one-on-one in a cabana at the Peninsula Hotel after about a you know hour and a half, two-hour meeting with me asking out of concern. How are you guys doing this? Aren't you concerned that you're going to put your brother's, you know, future presidential campaign at risk? Um, you know, the Chinese, the stuff that you guys have been doing already in 2015 and 2016 around the world. And uh, I just can almost picture his face where he sort of chuckles and says, you know, plausible deniability. So he said this is a man who's been drafting off his brother's political career for almost 50 years. He said to your face, essentially, we're, we're lying about it. Uh, uh, anyone uh, watching this interview can look up what plausible deniability means, yeah. and the uh, definition is very distinct. So this story is starting to get a little bit of traction, a little bit. But we're only six days out from an election, and 70-some million people have voted. This is, I know I could never be a serious actual journalist, because my only follow-up to that would be, tell me more about the cabana. <laughs> were there <laughs> drinks the there? bars, then the cabana. <laughs> of course there were drinks! That's why the cabanas are there! They're not there because, like, the sun's really hot there, so people can go and drink. Turn off his mic. In fact, disconnect it. I got a little more from the opinion piece in the New York Times from one of their own writers. Uh, So it's it's getting a little bit of traction, and and he's basically saying, hey, this is worth covering. 
We should be talking about it. We've talked about things with a lot less proof than this. I can, but more on that later. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we have to take a break. But I, I've had a psychic moment. I can actually hear the arguments from newsrooms across the country. Okay. I will reveal my revelation. That's some good writing. Uh, <laughs> in, in, in moments, don't dare tune out. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Listen to what's going on with gyms in Newark. New restrictions aimed at stopping a surge in coronavirus cases take effect today in Newark. Gyms and fitness centers are under orders to shut down for 30 minutes every hour for a deep cleaning. 30 minutes every hour. The only person who's going to get in shape is the janitor. Wow. 30 minutes every hour to clean it, even though surface uh, contact is not where people are really getting this thing. Yeah, from breathing it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so um, uh, I was reading an article uh, about how the states have abused their pandemic power and there needs to be back. uh, You know, we need to kind of get back to a more sensible what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. Yeah. In your county, in your state. But so far, the Supreme Court, the federal level, doesn't seem to be reining anybody in. Hmm. A couple of state courts have made some serious moves in that direction. But so uh, I found myself suddenly transported to an alter state a moment or two ago and I had a psychic vision. Wow. You're doing the mushrooms? Uh, no. No, I achieve it naturally. Hmm. Um, although last night I achieved it artificially. Uh, as the Dodgers were defeating the Devil Rays, I was attempting to defeat a bottle of bourbon. Did I you felt win? Like, I felt like I won last night. This morning, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the series is tied. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, if you're, if, you're a, like a, if you're a Lakers-Dodgers fan, it's been a great couple of weeks. But if you're everybody else who's not, that, yeah. nothing's more annoying than the idea that your Laker-Dodger fan friend got two championships <laughs> in a couple of weeks oh, yeah. for the team that they talk about all yeah. the time and wear the hats. And, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's been, what, three weeks since L.A. could celebrate a championship, so it's nice to have them. <laughs> the, the unofficial of fresh air. The unofficial mascot of a burning palm tree last night. That was, <laughs> that was exciting. So anyway, as we were talking about the incredible, the, the really unthinkable, until very, very recently, ignoring of the Joe and Hunter Biden's uh, Chinese energy conglomerate story, by the WAPO. I actually, I got to dig into the WAPO to make sure they're still ignoring it. But I, I saw a psychic vision of America's newsrooms. The few traditional journalists who are left are yelling, we have to cover this. This is wrong. Now, they are, are tied or duct taped naked to, you know, the, the bank of TV monitors in the newsroom. They're being pelted with old Danishes and hot coffee by the young, woke militant types. But I think the ugly bargain they've struck is we'll cover it after Tuesday. Right. Uh, Not a word till Tuesday. It could be. And I suspect the uh, the old lions of journalism, uh, again, under threat of being called a racist under social media, have, have agreed to that unholy bargain. That's my guess. Uh, it would seem so. 
Saving Private Biden is the op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today and how the the mainstream media has uh, you know gotten like around it. him and they're protecting him. I mean, it's like it's like a wall. Yeah. They can make sure none of these big stories happen before Tuesday. Remember 2016, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so who, who brought in the red, white, and blue bunting out there, making it look very festive, getting us ready for Election Day, which is uh, well, the, the end of the election season, which is Tuesday. But there's a lot of red, white, and blue bunting out there, and I really appreciate it. It's uh, rare that I feel less patriotic than in the midst of politics. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah. There, there's a feeling that we're uh, at a fever pitch and that turnout is going to be very high. I still don't know if that's going to turn out to be true or not. Um, the recent records are just just barely above 60%. Uh, when Barack Obama won, and then when George Bush ran against Kerry because of the Iraq war, it was at about 60% also, just over 60%. But clearly we, we turn out in greater numbers when we're in great distress, and we're in pretty great distress right now. So mm-hmm. the number could be pretty high. The record high is in 1876, so right after the Civil War, um, you know, and we're still trying to put the country back together and figure all that out. And Rutherford B. Hayes ran against Sam Tilden. 82% of people wow. turned out, barely beating the record of 81.8% from when uh, a guy named Abraham Lincoln defeated a couple others. So when we're on the verge of coming apart, and then a couple elections leading up to the Civil War, that's when we turn out and vote. And we might be in that situation right now. Oh, Interesting. Well, that was also a period where you either read a pro-Union newspaper or a pro-Confederacy newspaper, right. et cetera, et cetera. Right. And I am scanning the Washington Post. I do not see a syllable about the uh, the Biden family energy conglomerate uh, story. Not a syllable. And and Ross uh, Duthat's uh, editorial isn't one of their featured editorials on the website. You have to go digging for it. It's really quite amazing. It's not even under in the politics section. Huh. Uh, or much coverage about rioting in Philadelphia last night. We'll have to tell you about that, among other things. But I hope you can stay around. Armstrong and Getty.